We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Roto Grinders, welcome back to the Blitz Week Four uh, here on Roto Grinders, and today coming to you on the uh, coming to you on the YouTube's and on the general Roto Grinders page. Whereas we are generally premium, so happy to be here doing it. My name is Alex Dunlap. You can find me on Twitter at RosterWatch. Find all my content at RosterWatch.com. You can hear me on SiriusXM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Saturday nights, seven to nine PM Eastern, or tonight six to nine PM Eastern. And then tomorrow morning for the game day edition, Sundays, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Joining us as always, of course, the curator of the bat projection system for MLB and, of course, the blitz projection system for NFL. His name is Derek Cardi. You can find him on Twitter at Derek Cardi. You can get access to the blitz and all of those projections that have been helping us really just successful year so far if, if, if you haven't been watching this show uh, but certainly the blitz projection system a big part of that you can find it on rotogrinders.com just by going to the nfl tab scrolling down uh, finding the blitz and you can get access to that bring all of your stuff into lineup hq uh, with with cardi's projections it's been extremely helpful speaking of lineup hq our uh, other host here kyle murray you can find him on twitter at k DFS. He has the Conviction Plays tab there in Lineup HQ across all of the different sites uh, for premium members. Also a nine-time DFS live final 
participant already starting to get geeked out for NBA at this early stage of NFL <laughs> contests, believe it or not. So he's all over these GPP streets. Uh, so Kyle, Cardi, awesome to be back with you guys. Glad to hear you rocked it last week. Before we get started, uh, just as always, man, let's let's go over, get our 30,000-foot view of the slate. Like I always say, Cardi, somebody walks up to you on the streets, slaps you across the face, says, Cardi, what the hell am I doing to DFS this week? Uh, what is your general overview, your general, uh, you know, thoughts, takeaways, and, um, you know, just the first kind of thing on your mind about this slate as a whole? I mean, the first thing I'm going to tell the person to do is to keep an eye on these injury reports because, you know. And, early- and not to slap you in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's probably what I should have said first. Second would be to watch the injury reports. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, early in the week, it didn't seem like there was going to be a whole lot of injury news. And then yesterday, we just got bombarded with it. Um, the big one is, you know, this, you know, Justin Jackson is out as, as well as like half of the Chargers offense. And so, um, you know, now Melvin Gordon might play. So I think that's going to make a big difference because up until then, I was ready to come on here and be like, you don't have to pay up for a stud running back. Like you don't have to pay for McCaffrey. You don't have to pay for anyone like that. Um, But now if, you know, if Gordon's not going to play much and Jackson's out, then Eckler's a lock, but you have to hope that, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon doesn't eat into him, I guess. So I'm, I'm watching that closely. Yeah, no Justin Jackson. You just think like, what? Who cares? He's he's a backup running back, but in this situation, it does matter because against Miami, it's these backup running backs have been going off just like the first team running backs because these teams go up so heavily to start. So definitely agree. And man, on the defensive side, there have been some 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 injuries too, like we have in the Browns secondary. Uh, we'll get to all that as we go through it. Uh, Kyle, what about you, man? Um, your overall thirty thousand foot view on this slate. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad nobody slaps me in the face. They just slapped Cardi. That's fine with me. Um, I guess I have a slappable face. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I, I personally really like this slate. It's different from last week. You know, last week we had a lot of uh, high-priced elite running backs and, and decent spots, and we could do that. I agree with Cardi. There are a, a wide variety of places that we can go with the running back position. Um, I think there's some concentrated chalk at quarterback, which we haven't really seen so far this year. I think it'll be the first time we really see – two guys taking you know 15 plus percent of that uh that chunk of ownership at that position so I think we have to be a little bit different this week uh in terms of what we've done in the past three weeks but I think we're ready to have another good week and another good show well Kyle just before we get started on because we'll transition to quarterback here quickly I know what Cardi's gonna say about this because he's a cash game guy if you guys haven't watched the show before Cardi kind of gives the cash game insight while Kyle gives the uh, tournament insight. I'm just here to draw it out of these dudes and, and give my, you know, give my takes whenever possible. Do, I mean, do we really even care about quarterback ownership? I know in cash, I've, you know, we probably don't. Um, it just doesn't seem like even in tournaments, I know you said it's going to be more concentrated this week. Who do you see it being concentrated on? And is, does it ever get to a level where quarterback chalk is just simply needs to be avoided in tournaments? Well, I think it just depends on your how you feel about the play. I think in general, um, I don't really care about ownership too much. I just care about how much I like the play in particular. So obviously, I, I would love to have one of my favorite plays be, you know, 5% owned. But if there's a guy who's, you know, 15 to 17% owned, um, and I think, you know, he might not be the best chalk, but I do think he's a pretty good play. The uh, I guess the margin of error for the quarterback is so much wider than at, at another position just because of, you know, how much volume they naturally have and how much, how little variance that they have at the position. So 
I normally don't really look at ownership too much as, as a decision making point. But so, but is there a like what is it when it gets to? Is there a certain point that it gets to whenever you do care? If it's a play um, you like, it, and but you say he's going to be twenty five percent owned, like does that does it start to matter then? Yeah, I think if he got twenty five thirty percent, it would definitely. Uh, but I've never I haven't seen that yet this year, so I don't um, think I have either. Yeah, so I think I think that would probably be the point, but I don't really think we'll ever see that too frequently, just because of how many quarterbacks usually are in play a week. All right. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and get on to our first topic here. We have six topics we go through every week, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll run through those positions, go from the highest price down to the lowest price and sort of talk about our roster construction ideas and our theories about uh, whether we like these players. After that, we'll get into the blitz survey where we'll each ask each other two questions that we have specific to this slate. And finally, our conviction plays at the very end, our very favorite plays of the entire week so uh producer Stu, let's get the first slide thrown up here for the quarterbacks and kyle i just want to go right back to you brother because you kind of brought it up you thought there might be a little bit that you know maybe not that 20 25 ownership that we said earlier could be a hindrance to wanting to play these guys with some concentrated ownership on a few of them i'm i've heard i've heard talk about a lot of quarterbacks this week so i'm, I'm kind of interested uh, to hear your thoughts about where you think the con- the uh, concentration is going to be before we kind of start going down here from highest to lowest price yeah i think mainly um it's going to be in daniel jones and in russell wilson hopefully i'm wrong because i really like wilson this week um and obviously i would love to take him at as low ownership as possible but i think people that saw what he did last week know what's going on over in seattle understand the matchup that he's in and i think he's going to be the chalk um but for the high price guys there's really a lot of once again you know hard to hard to leave mahomes off that list of consideration he's just so good he's in a good matchup here um i'm actually going to be at that game so I, i'll get to see how mahomes does um hopefully he uh does well if i have him in my lineups hopefully he does poorly if i don't um but yeah, and then Lamar Jackson, same kind of deal for Lamar. He's just been so dynamic this year, and I think he's another great play. And again, I think that's going to be a sneaky shootout. Yeah, it's, well, you can always you can the, that Baltimore defense isn't it isn't what they used to be, and without C.J. Mosley in the middle, and then banged up in the secondary right now, it could definitely be a good spot for both of those teams. We know Cleveland missing their both of their corners. It's it's going to. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later when we get to the wide receivers. But, Cardi, what about you, man? Um, just do you like Lamar Jackson this week? Do you pay up for Mahomes? I think on DraftKings, 7,500 is fine. Off the top of my head, I think he's like 92 on FanDuel. So it feels with the roster construction, it's felt a lot harder to get him in over there on FanDuel. What do you do this week with Patrick Mahomes, and does the Blitz like him? It does. Uh, it loves Mahomes this week. Up until this Eckler news, Um, I was ready to play Mahomes in cash games, which is not something I normally do. Like paying up for quarterback is generally not the way to approach cash games, but there was just so little to pay for at running back and at some of these other positions that I was ready to pay for Mahomes because this spot is fantastic. This is the first time Mahomes has ever played in a dome. And, you know, anyone who's watched the show so far this year knows (laughs) I put a lot of weight into domes because the math says that domes make a big difference. And so you put Mahomes in a dome for the first time in his career against, you know, a pretty mediocre, maybe bad Detroit pass defense that might be without Darius Slay this week. And, uh, you know, I just, I think he's fantastic. He's the best quarterback in football, the most pass heavy offense in football. And the matchup sets up so well that um, I love Mahomes. I still think he's borderline cash viable, but, uh, you know, with the Eckler news, I do think going cheaper is probably the way to go. 
At 7,500, Mahomes is, is 600 more than Lamar Jackson at 6,900. We talked about him earlier. But in this 6K range, it feels like there are a few guys that are starting to get talked up. And I'd like to go back to Kyle on this because, of course, um, his, his, uh, his, his, his long-lost lost son, Kyler Murray, at, <laughs> at, at 6K in a great matchup. At home versus Seattle, who talk about it, you know, we talk about Baltimore not being what they used to be on defense. Seattle is just an absolute tire fire on defense. Russell Wilson in that same game, we talked about it earlier, probably going to be the most popular play on the slate. Phillip Rivers gets to go to Miami and play the putrid Dolphins. I've heard talk also about Jared Goff uh, this week at home in this game as 10-point favorites versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um as far as those guys in the 6K range, if you're going down, is it Russell Wilson? And do you feel like for, for from a tournament perspective, you know, you could look at Kyler, you could look at Rivers or possibly look at golf? Yeah, I think from a tournament perspective, from Kyler up to, you know, Brady or Jackson, you can play any of these guys except for Brady, I think, in my opinion. Um, my favorite out of this group would be Deshaun Watson. That's <laughs> what real- I didn't mention, right? Yeah, I, I think this is a really good game to target. You know, we talked about this last week, but how Carolina was second in pace behind Arizona. Well, after last week's game, they actually passed Arizona. That's just how fast they're playing, even with Allen under center. So I think this is going to be an up and down game. So I really like Deshaun Watson. I like that game in general. And I think all of these guys are, are in consideration here. And, you know, one other thing about Deshaun Watson is, you know, he'll be at home versus Carolina. It looks like uh, Dante Jackson could miss in this spot. So that would mean that Will Fuller would not be up against their fastest um, player on defense, which is good for Fuller. I know we, you know, we've talked about Fuller before and he's had his shots and hadn't necessarily come through, but Will Fuller has a big game. It means Deshaun Watson usually has a big game. Cardi, what about you, man? Um, uh, Russell Wilson, like what is the, I'm guessing the blitz likes him best of all. No, actually, no? the blitz has got a super scorching hot take. It is not on Russell Wilson. This <laughs> I love scorching hot takes from the blitz. I like it. What do you What do you think about any any of these guys? Kyler Murray, Goff. Like, does the blitz like any of them? Um, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson. I think Goff are fine. Probably not for cash, except maybe over on Fanduel, where where the pricing's always you know a little tighter. I think Goff's in play over there for cash games. Um, I, I think for cash, you go cheaper. Like, I get the the Wilson thing for people. I get why people want to like Wilson because he's good. You know, he has good weapons to work with. He's dynamic. Like, the matchup sets up well. He's in a dome. He's facing this, you know, Arizona secondary that's still without Peterson, without Alford. But I don't think the volume justifies it. Like, this is a very run-heavy offense. It's a very run-heavy offense that is a favorite this week. So, like, this is not a team that likes to pass the ball a lot. They're not going to really be forced to pass the ball unless somehow they get behind Arizona in this game. I just don't see how, you know, Wilson's throwing more than 30, 35 passes. And we have guys in other games that should be getting over 40. And so I just can't do it. Like you're banking on him being a part of every touchdown or you're banking on, you know, the game script not working out the way we expect it to, or you're just banking on really, really good efficiency. And for me, that's not what I want to do. I just want to play the guys that, you know, we have a little bit more certainty with that we know are going to get the higher volume that we don't have to get the absurd uh, efficiency with. Um, And I get that there's a lot of people that disagree with me this week, but I just don't, I'm I'm not playing Russell Wilson. I'm not even considering him. Not even cash. Wow. All right. So, so, okay. All right. Let's, let's stick with you then Cardi. 
And let's, let's just go down this because, I mean, you look at sub 6K, I mean, the more I look at it, Matt Ryan, not really in that great of a, you know, not really that great of a matchup. Baker Mayfield, that offense looks, I mean, they need to let Todd Monken start calling plays. That's something that looks broken with what Freddie Kitchens is doing. Jameis Winston, a 10-point underdog. I could see this being a real blow-up game for him there in Los Angeles. Josh Allen versus, you know, Bill Belichick. Stafford now, he's questionable, uh, I mean, versus KC. But, you know, that you could maybe see that game shoot out a little bit. I mean, Daniel Jones, I think, down here at 5,300. Is that what the Blitz – like, what is the, what is the Blitz's scorching hot take? So, I mean, the scorching hot take is that there's no Russell Wilson. If you run, you know, the top 10 lineups in the Blitz right now, you'll get five different quarterbacks and not one of them is Russell Wilson. Okay, so, okay. So so it isn't like it's singled in on one dude. Who's, who's... No, it, it does really like Jones and it does really like Stafford. Um, so okay. Stafford, I think, is the guy that people are not going to be on that the Blitz really likes. And it's, and it's, and it's weird because everyone's going to be on Galladay. Right? right. Everyone's going to be on him. Everybody's going to be on the KC guys. They're going to have Kelsey Watkins, one of these cheap McCall Hardman, like Demarcus Robinson. It just seems like if you're going to be running any sort of correlations, Matt Stafford would pop up as, yes. as, as, as a play there. Um, I still feel like people are, are talking about the lions. Like they're a different offense than they actually are. People are like, Oh, the lions are, you know, a ground and pound slow paced offense. And it's just not true. Like they changed their offensive coordinator in the off season. I talked about it week one. I talked about it week two. Like this offense this year is a league average passing offense. They're not a run heavy offense. They're league average passing with a coordinator who has a history of being pass heavy. And they're top 10 in pace this year adjusted for, for context. So like this isn't a slow running game. This is a team that will pass the ball that is going to run some plays. And they're at home in a dome with an awesome game script trying to catch up to KC against a, you know, a mediocre or weak pass defense. Like, I just don't see, um, I don't know. I, I don't see why, why people aren't on Stafford a little bit more. Um, I think there's, there's a lot to like here, especially at his price. Are they, did you say that, 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 that they're top 10 in, in, a, in, in adjusted pace? Yeah. They're, they're 10th in football in pace right now. That's something that most people don't know. People still just say that people still just go to the platitude that they, that they, they're going to take the air out of the ball. They, 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 they play too slow. That's right. And and I mean, they were that way last year. And I think people kind of focus on that and they, they get these like narratives in their mind and they think that they're just going to always stick, but like, it's a little bit different situation. They have a different offensive coordinator. They're playing a little bit different this year. And yes, it's still only three weeks, but you know, it's what we would have expected from the change in coaching, and it's what we've seen so far. So what else are we going to expect? It's just, I mean, and it makes me like KC. That one stat from Cardi makes me like KC all, all, the, all the more. Uh, Kyle, what about you, brother? Any of these guys you're interested in? We talked about uh, Stafford. Um, I think Cardi hit a little – said he – Cardi, did, did you say that the Blitz liked, liked Daniel Jones? I mean, it's yeah. a great matchup. Yep, it likes Daniel Jones too a lot. Um, if you're going down, I think it's Stafford or Jones, you know. And that's where I'm a little torn. Like the Blitz like Stafford a little bit more. Jones is going to be higher owned, but do we really care about ownership at quarterback? Um, they're both good plays. Well, what about you, Kyle? Any of these guys down here in this kind of uh, kind of cheapy range that are kind of popping off the page to you? Yeah, I like Jones a little bit. Um, I, I like Stafford too, but the, the guy that pops out to me in this range, there's actually two of them. Uh, it's Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield. Um, you, you know me, I'd like to catch people when they're at their all-time low, and that's what they're at on Baker. Everyone's off Baker. Uh, I think it's a good spot for a, a possible shootout here. So I'm, I'm willing to take that chance on Baker at, at a depressed price. And um, 
like you said, the, the secondary is banged up there. I know they're traveling, but it's a division opponent. They should be up for this game. They have a lot of critic, a lot of criticism coming into this one. So you, you got to feel they're going to be motivated. I know none of that stuff really matters too much, but when you look, take it away and look at the matchup, I think the matchup is severely overrated. Um, you know, they lost Jimmy Smith. They lost Tavon Young. Uh, they lost people in the off season. Yeah, I know they added Earl Thomas, but I still think the secondary is overall average to, you know, slightly below average even. Uh, they're allowing the 16th most points in the passing game. So I, I think Baker Mayfield's a good spot to buy low on him. And then Matt Ryan, I love Matt Ryan here as well. Um, he's at home. I do think that they're going to win this game and possibly be ahead of ahead here, so we want to throw too much. But I do think that the thing that interests me here is I know who I'm pairing him with. I'm going Julio and I'm going Ridley. And, you know, that's what I like to see out of a quarterback is somewhere, someone I know I can correlate with. Uh, so I like Ryan and Mayfield a lot. All right. Uh, any other quarterbacks that we did not touch on, fellas, before we move on to the running back position? I think that about covers it. Uh, I got right. one more, actually. Uh, I know I missed them. There's always someone. There's yeah, always it's, someone. It's Phillip Rivers. So people are, are going to play Keenan Allen a ton. And we talked about this with Galladay. Everyone's going to play Galladay, but not Stafford. Uh, so I think Rivers is a really good tournament play. Everyone's going to play Keenan Allen, but no Phillip Rivers. And that's kind of strange to me because it's just a, a really good pairing and a good spot. They might not be able to run the ball as much just because of the lack of running backs that they're going to have. I don't think they're going to want, want to run Eckler into the ground. And if Gordon is active, I'm sure they're not going to want to, you know, throw him in the deep end right away. So I think Rivers is a really good way to get contrarian with your Chargers uh, in tournaments. Well, Kyle, if, if you do go with Rivers and you stack him with Keenan Allen in tournaments, can you play Austin Eckler in that same oh, way? Yeah. Because it – well, it just feels like it's hard to game stack. Like, do, yeah. like, do you know how to game stack with Miami? It's hard to bring it back with someone, but the the upside there is they're all cheap. All the Dolphins are cheap. So if you do find one that you, I guess. Preston Williams, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Preston Williams would probably be the one that comes to my mind as well. It's going to be hard to like one, but to it'll be easy to find one with a, a decent price tag that you can bring it back with. Preston Williams with a – Four reception, uh, 50.5 yard over under for his prop this week. So, I mean, that's not not bad as far as the yeah. four. I mean, it's a four and a half reception prop just with juice on the under. So, um, pretty pretty interesting there. If you're looking for a guy to bring it back, if you just have to squeeze in all those chargers. All right. So, I mean, at the running back position, that gets us to Austin Eckler and this whole, this whole mess. Uh, Producer Stu could move us over there to that. Christian McCaffrey at the very top of the uh of the running back market i'm gonna guess kyle before i get to cardi and ask him about eckler and all this stuff um are you it just seems like a week where you'd be into dalvin cook because nobody's gonna play him are, are you into, are you into dalvin i love dalvin cook i love him. i knew it i will have um a, a pretty significant amount of dalvin cook I, I was planning on having um more dalvin cook than eckler this week before all the justin jackson news um, so now those two will probably be pretty even. But, man, nobody wants to play Dalvin Cook this week. I know it's a tough matchup, but we talk, we've talked about how injuries can affect a matchup. Akeem Hicks, questionable. Two other of their uh, interior defensive linemen are questionable. I know Chicago's got the best defense in the world ever, but Dalvin Cook, the usage there is just unbelievably good. If they do anything on offense. On, on rush defense anyway. Like, I'm not yeah. playing Cook in cash, but I think he's one of the better plays on the slate just in a vacuum. I agree. I mean, at this at this ownership, I know the price is up a little bit, but at this ownership, what we know he's going to do, if, if the Vikings score 14 points, you know he's at least scoring one of those touchdowns in probably 50% of the, of the opportunities. I don't understand why people aren't on Cook, even in a tough matchup. I love him. 
Well, I, I think he, I think it's he's a lot more appealing over on FanDuel. Where I think he's the same price on FanDuel as he's on yeah. DraftKings. Off the top of my, head. I think he's eighty three hundred on both sites. So, yep. pretty interesting there. What uh, Cardi? I'm going to guess that the, I'm, I'm guessing Dalvin Cook's not not popping in any blitz optimals at, at this point, right? He, he's not not at his price. Like the blitz does think he's you know a top four running back on this slate. But if you're paying over eight K for a running back, I do think Eckler and McCaffrey are better cash plays. Um, Eckler in particular, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, I'm a little a little concerned about. Um, but what, I, I like Eckler a lot. About McCaffrey, what are you concerned about? Well, like so, McCaffrey is. We know he gets a bunch of snaps. We know he gets all the all the carries. We know he doesn't really have a backup. But you know, coming into this year, we expected McCaffrey to be the guy that the offense ran through, even in the passing game. You know, he was a 25 percent you know target share guy coming into the year. And now we have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson all becoming a much bigger part of this offense. They're all over 20%. McCaffrey's only been 18% target share guy this year, which is good, but it's not like fantastic. Last year in his, or last week in his first week with Allen, he was only 16%. That's, you know, like David Johnson, Philip Lindsay level targets. That's not, you know, what we expected of McCaffrey. I think that comes up a little bit, but is it going back up to 25%? It's, it's tough. I mean, especially if they're going to try to feed these other guys too. Like there's only so many you know, balls to go around. So I like McCaffrey, but at his price and potentially lower volume than maybe some people are assuming, I was ready to fade him in cash games up until, uh, I mean, I'm still going to do it, but I was ready to fade the high end of running backs entirely up until this Eckler move. On the, the, the roster watch matchup tool that does a bunch of adjusting for strength of schedule and bringing in a bunch of, you know, proprietary analytics and other high end analytics from a bunch of different sites has this, as far as for running backs on the ground, basically the seventh worst matchup of the week uh, going, having to go to Houston. But of course, McCaffrey does so much through the air and, and that's how you can really hurt the Texans. So I'm not that concerned about that. The one thing that did concern me is going through this morning and doing the Vegas tool for our pro members over at roster watch, Christian McCaffrey's receiving prop was down at five and a half receptions with juice on the under. And that's just not, it's, that's not what it's been. And re- I, I, I make that damn tool. It's the bane of my existence. I make it every weekend looking at these props like Christian McCaffrey always has a seven and a half reception prop. And so to see it down at five and a half, it's just a That's kind of what I'm saying. Like there, there's concern in this regard. Right. So um, interesting stuff there. So are you, I mean, McCaffrey looks like he's, I think I looked last time I looked at Jamino's ownership projections. He was between like what, somewhere between 20 and 30% ownership. Do you see yourself? kind of being with the field there, Cardi, or I mean, I guess that doesn't really. You know. I mean, it, it's weird because like I was so on him week one and nobody played him. I was so on him last week and nobody played him, but we did run a little bit lucky last week. Like without that 75 yard touchdown run, McCaffrey isn't a very good play last week. You know, the, the volume wasn't there in the air. And so I'd probably be under the field if I was a GPP guy, honestly. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I, I think the main thing for me here is I think there are pivots I like in Eckler and Cook and the price is I can just save money here. I just think McCaffrey is overall a good play, but when I think that Eckler could, you know, be projected, even projected from a median standpoint to match McCaffrey, I think I'd just play Eckler despite the the possible ownership. Honestly, I'm hoping that this Gordon news rattles some cages and and brings ownership on Eckler down a little bit. Um, But yeah, I I do think so too. Hopefully we get a little bit. Yeah. So I think I'd prefer – I'd probably go Cook and Eckler over McCaffrey this week, mainly because of ownership, and I think McCaffrey could get up there a good amount. Also, I just want to clarify, like, I don't think McCaffrey's a bad play. The, the right. Blitz hasn't projected oh, no, for 25 no. points, but uh, <laughs> it's just, like, at his price, I don't know if he's, you know, 
the best value or the best way to allocate your money. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody understands that nobody here is saying Christian McCaffrey's a bad player. Yeah. Don't blame if you don't want, but it's like just kind of bringing up any concerns that we have. It's just what, you know, it's what we're here to do. Um, Austin Eckler, just quickly before we get on from the super premium guys, in, your level of concern, each of you guys from one to 10 about Melvin Gordon, about maybe uh, just the game game getting out of hand and him not playing as much. It just seems like with Justin Jackson out now, how are they going to run out the well, I mean, they're going to do it with Troy Main Pope. Troy Main Pope's going to get some carries in the fourth quarter. Okay. I was just, I, I was kind of saying that facetiously, but if you, I mean, you, you really think that. Troy I think it, back if the game plays out the way we expect it to, they're up by two or three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I think we see some Troy Main Pope. Hopefully by that point, Eckler's done his damage. You know, we right. see, you know, 10%, 15% Pope's, you know, and then we still get a, you know, Eckler for 50 or 60 or 65. And then he's a great play. Um, but there's a little concern, I think. I mean, but just when Justin Jackson went out, it it became Austin Eckler, just incredible play. When we've got the news about Melvin Gordon, just what is your on a, on one to ten? One, you don't care at all. Ten, you're very concerned. What's your level of concern about the Melvin Gordon stuff as of this reporting on on Saturday afternoon? I'm at a four or five. I'm probably overreacting a little bit, but I, there's concern for me. I'm still playing Eckler, I think, unless we hear something else. But I am. It's in the back of my mind. I just don't think that this club cares about Melvin Gordon. I don't think they care about getting him hurt. I don't, I don't think they like, I think they'll just throw him out there and say, go ahead and go and go play Kyle. Well, what do you think, man, your level of concern one to 10, if Cardi's about like a four or five, I'm probably a five ish. Where, where are you at? So I've, I've bounced back and forth. I did have that same kind of thought where, you know, they're probably not too concerned about his like long, long-term might be messed up to say, but health, like they'll say, okay, if we can use them, we can use them because they don't have any plans of resigning them. Melvin Gordon's been clear that he wants to leave, et cetera. So I just think that there's that standpoint, but overall I would probably say like a two, um, maybe even a one. I think I might be under concerned about it instead of over concerned. Uh, but I just don't see him going out there on what, two days of practice. He reported Thursday. So I just don't see him going out there and making an impact right away. I think Eckler is, a, a pretty safe play here. All right. I want to get into the kind of the six K ish running backs, but before I do, I just want, I wanted to see what you guys thought about this. Todd Gurley, he's seven K on DraftKings, only 6,800 on FanDuel, which just, it just seems, um, I know that our models at roster watch, like there was a ton of trends pointing towards possibly playing Todd Gurley this week at just 6,800. What I don't think anybody's going to be on him. It's certainly doesn't feel good to do. Um, I'd like to go to Kyle first with this one because I'm a Magic Cardi is going to give me give a big gnaw wave on this one. But Kyle, Kyle, any thoughts about playing Todd Gurley this week, specifically on FanDuel at 6,800? Yeah, so I'm mainly a FanDuel player. That's just kind of how I've been the past few years. And I love Todd Gurley this week. I'll have a ton of Todd Gurley. 6,800, the price is just so low. And I, my point about it was let's just take away the name and let's just look at all the numbers and, and the salary and the ownership. Right. He's 6,800. I mean, he's playing 70% of the snaps. I know the targets are down, but on FanDuel, it's like, okay. I know it's not great, but it's not as impactful on FanDuel. Getting 52% of the rushing market share, 33% of the team opportunities, and he's only 6,800, and he's going to be like 4% owned, 5% owned. In a game where they're the home favorite, and they're they're being given 30 points uh, by Vegas. So, I just think it's a really good play. I think the name value of, you know, what Gurley was last year, he was up in the 9Ks on a regular basis last year. 
and now people see him at 6'8". They see him scoring, what, four points last week. So they're like, oh, there's no way I can play Todd Gurley. He's ruined. And, yeah, he's not the same Todd Gurley as he was last year. He's not getting that super elite usage. But for 6'8", the usage is still there. You know, he's, like I said, 50% of the of the rushing market share. He's gotten 20, 20 touches over the last two weeks. So, you know, if we give him 20 touches here, he can easily make value here. He'll feast. Yeah, he'll feast. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't I don't I don't know if that Todd Bulls defense is gonna be able to stick up as well as uh you know some 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 of our modeling is saying that that defense is due for regression in all aspects. Yeah. Um the other thing is I saw Malcolm Brown's prop this morning only at 30.5 total rush plus receiving yards. So you know, at least the Vegas sportsbooks don't see him biting into it much. Cardi, I don't think you're you're gonna be interested in, in, in Gurley, but just want to ask you anyway. Do you have any interest in Todd Gurley? Not as a cash play. I can certainly see him on FanDuel as a GPP guy, but uh, he's not there for cash games for me. Let's talk the 6K range, fellas, because I think they're going to be guys that pop for both of y'all around here and uh, just all kind of go through them, and then I'll ask you who you like. So David Johnson, I think there's going to be a lot of interest there. Obviously, people wanting to buy into that Seattle-Arizona game. People could be chasing with Mark Ingram. I could definitely see that happening. Not much talk about Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, and I just – with Derrick Henry, I have a little bit of interest there just because we do like to play running backs against against Atlanta. It doesn't seem like he's getting much talk. Marlon Mack has been, you know, he's been the one that everybody talks about at 6,100 over on DraftKings this week, just getting a ton of opportunity at home versus Oakland as a big favorite. I think Leonard Fournette also interesting this week just due to the fact that he's getting so much volume. He just looks <sighs> – just uh, he it's he doesn't look good right now. What what do you guys think in this six K range, Cardi? Is there one of these guys that the blitz really has popping out, or you know? Yep, there is, and uh, it's pretty gross. I put out a tweet yesterday about it. They got pretty popular. Uh, Leonard <laughs> Fournette, Leonard Fournette is the only running back in football right now that has gotten ninety percent of his team's carries and twenty percent of his team's targets. The only running back in football. He is the highest volume running back in football. And as much as people like to talk about rushing efficiency and like, uh, you know, this guy's dust or this guy's so good or whatever, all of it's nonsense. 95% of running backs is volume. And Fournette is getting volume and he's like the 12th twelfth highest priced running back on this slate. I think he's an awesome play because of the volume. I get he hasn't done a lot with it so far this year, but that kind of thing is so noisy. The volume is what matters and he, he has it right now. You know, he's a guy that they said in the preseason, we're going to get him more involved in the passing game. He was already pretty involved. Now he's super involved, and he doesn't have a backup, so he's getting all the carries. I just have a hard time getting off Fournette this week. Cardi, what, what about Marlon Mack? He's just, I mean, it's, clearly he's a direct pivot from Fournette, or Fournette's the direct pivot from Mack, I guess is what you would say, because Mack is going to have the higher ownership. Uh, yeah, and I like Mack. Yeah. I think he's a good play, you know, especially with T.Y. Hilton out. Maybe they run the ball more. But uh, I just think there's so much to like about Fournette, especially you look at the weather in this game. It's going to be super windy, which probably means more rushing and more shorter passes, which great again for Fournette. Kyle, how is Vic Vangio's defense so so bad with all those great players that he has and how good his defense was in Chicago? Just unbelievable. What um, any, of these, any of these players that you like in this 6K range that really pop off to you and the initial modeling you've done here for week four? Yeah, I think there's a good a good amount. I do have some interest in Fournette. I love Marlon Mack this week. Uh, got some interest in Derrick Henry. There's two guys that I'm I'm crossing off. Uh, one's Mark Ingram. I just don't consider him, you know, a guy that's going to be able to maintain what he's been doing. And at that price, I think there's so many other plays. 
I mean, I'd rather play David Johnson for 200 more. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me even Todd Gurley, uh, even on DraftKings. Um, Nick Chubb's another guy that I'm just not getting to, not necessarily because I don't like him, but because I am leaning towards the passing attack in that game. Um, so that's kind of just my personal opinion on Chubb. And when I have pivots like Henry and Mack and Fournette, who I really like all three of those guys, that's kind of the area that I'm going to. So I think Mack is just an amazing play. I liked him a lot last week, and he did all right. He got in the end zone, got like 70 yards on the ground or something like that. And now he's going to Oakland, where the matchup should be, you know, good to even, maybe even better than last week. And no Hilton, I think, will be huge. Uh, defense might be a little bit stiffer against him, but I think he's – I would be surprised to see him not get 20 carries. I think this is a game that they can easily win and control. And they're already running the ball at the fourth uh, most heavy rate in the NFL. So Mac just appears to be a, one of the usage monsters this year. Let's talk if it's okay with you. Cardi, did you have something else to say about Marlon Mack? I mean, I think the, the blitz has Mac projected for the most rushing yards on the slate. The, the biggest concern is just that, you know, he doesn't get all the passing work, I think. Right. And, and that's why I prefer Fournette, but I do really like Mac. Marlon Mack, a one and a half, I believe, I'm pretty sure one and a half reception over under for his prop in this game, 13.5 yards over under. So not the biggest, not an absolute monster in the receiving game from the biggest right. books there. Um, let's go to these guys from the, let's just go to the sub 6K down to the 5K range and then we'll talk cheapies. Um, you know, Chris Carson now, Rashad Penny, it's not, last I saw, unless there's been news. This morning, what I've been doing props, it seems like Rashad Penny's looking like he's going to be a game-time decision, very iffy at best. Even when, it, even when he didn't play, you know, last week, that whole Chris, pivoting to Chris Carson, some of my lineups really hurt, hurt me last week. Um, it's just still kind of tilted by that. I'm not, sure if, I'm not sure how much I want to play Chris Carson, even though it's in such a great environment. Um, you know, LaShawn McCoy has been questionable. Sony Michelle has just looked like he's crapped his pants. He can't – like, I don't even know what's happened to him. What, how he's Every bit of his juice from college got absolutely zapped. It seems like the guy in this range everybody's going to be looking to is going to be carry on Johnson just in this good game environment. I know Cardi talked earlier about Stafford about the Lions offense being 10th and adjusted pace. Cardi, does your love for Stafford extend to carry on this week? It does, but not as much as I think some other people. Like a lot of people have talked up carry on because after they released C.J. Anderson, you know, he got most of the snaps last week, which is a good thing. He's going to get more carries. But uh, it's not a great game script for that. Like they are going to be chasing. I think they're going to be passing more than maybe people expect them to be. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, the stat I've seen floating around is that he got like, you know, he was running around on like 75% of the dropbacks or something last week, but he's still not seeing the targets. Like he's still just not get it. If he's not getting the targets, then, then that's a problem. You know, if he's only going to be a five to 10% target share guy, I can't justify him as a cash play here. Um, if he's above that, then it's a great price. And I mean, I, I love him as a GPP play. I think he's a good point per dollar guy. I don't think he's landing in my cash builds. It, it, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but I kind of figured that we, I was going to come into today and Cardi was going to Cardi was going to have carry on at, at 5.4 K. Uh, they're in the they're in the bliss optimal. So that that's that's very interesting. Um, Kyle, what about you, man? Any of these guys? And then you know you, you talked about how you liked Marlon Mack earlier. What about on the other side of the coin? It looks like Josh Jacobs is going to be less than two percent owned. Um, pretty cheap here at 5100, and and I think he's six thousand over on Fanduel. So. He's been he's been sort of coming into some of the bills that I've been generating over there on on FanDuel just for you know putting together a bunch of tournament lineups. Who is 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 there anybody in this range that sort of pops off to you? 
Yeah, I think from this, you know, five to six K range, there's two or maybe three guys that that pop for me. I, I do like carry on a little bit. Uh, I do agree with Cardi. There are some concerns with his lack of work, like lack of just them drawing up plays to get him the ball in the passing game. If you were to read content this week, you would never believe that you two guys would have these. these yeah. Everybody thinks the carry-on is just the insta, like just the like the lock button insta call. I think people really undervalue still, and I don't know how, but they still undervalue the value of pass catchers when it comes to running backs. Like that is on DraftKings at least. Like that is the primary driver of value, and uh, you know I think people just kind of overlook that, or they assume you know that that the role is going to expand before we know that it's going to, or before it actually does, and it might never do it. You know. I'm sorry, Kyle. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No just stop, just, but but so you said that you had two or three uh, guys yeah. here here in here in this range. If you'd like to continue, <laughs> yeah, I think the main thing for me about carry on is he's going to be like 25 percent. So there, with that concern, I do think that they are making an effort to give him the ball uh, on the ground. 20 carries last week is obviously I think it was a career high, definitely a season high. So that's that's nice to see for carry on. But uh, the next guy is Josh Jacobs. I think he's just a, a significant value, especially on FanDuel where he's, he's 6K. Uh, 5K on DraftKings, I believe. So, or 5-1 on DraftKings. So good price there too. Um, and the next guy for me is, is Chris Carson. P- people are going to be afraid to go back to him. But so for me, I think you, I think I should take a path. It's either I'm going to consider Carson to be the guy or if Penny's out, then they're just going to put the keys in Russell Wilson's hand. So I think I have to make a decision one way or the other. And I know that he's been fumbling a ton and he bit everybody in the, uh, in the backside last week, but it's just an ideal spot, especially if Penny's out. If Penny's in, I'll reconsider everything. But um, right now I'm going as if Penny's out. Cause I think he's a game time decision. So I think Carson would be, would be the guy for me on DraftKings. I think it's just a good way to leverage off the, the Wilson ownership. I think people are going to be scared after last week. Um, I think he's a great GPP guy. I am. Yep. I'm scared. I'm, I don't even want to play him in tournaments. I think I'm going to have to play 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 a little bit. Um, yeah. All right. So cheapies, fellas, they are headlined this week, of course, due to the Saquon Barkley injury by Wayne Gallman. I want to hear each of y'all's thoughts on Wayne Gallman and a terrific matchup here, uh, and then any other low priced sub five k options on DraftKings uh, that you could be interested in. Let's start with Cardi. Do, like, where's the blitz? Think of Gallman and and any of these low price guys. Uh, Oh, there's usually a surprise or two. You, you got any surprises for us here among the cheapies? Yeah, there's there's probably one. Uh, Gallman is obviously a good play. He's going to be super chalky, and I think for good reason. You know, he's too cheap for the volume he's going to get with Barkley out. You know, I don't think we have to go into why he's a great play, but I think Gallman's a great play. The guy that the Blitz really likes, and he's a guy that I said last week that no one was going to be on, no one was going to play, and he was in my cash lineup up until uh, the Burkhead Carson news came out. And that's Philip Lindsay. Um, last week, the Blitz was super on Philip Lindsay, and he went nuts. Yeah. And uh, it likes him again this week. It thinks he's just as good as Carry On, and he's going to come at what a tenth of the ownership. Um, yeah, he doesn't get the same type of workload in terms of the carries, but he's getting so much work in the pass game, and that that matters so much on DraftKings. He has a th- he has a three and a half reception over under for his for his prop this week as I just saw so I mean that's that's definitely definitely nothing to nothing to sneeze at there with and do you know what's so funny Cardi he Philip Lindsay popped in our models and our DFS cheat sheets and our lineup generators last week and I just didn't play him I'm saying man I don't want to play Philip Lindsay it's like and that's what people do I think uh, but uh, like you look at the actual numbers and you look at it objectively and you look at the price and he's right there 
and he's on the other side of that game from Fournette where the, the, the wind factor really plays in the favor of these running backs. Kyle, what about you, man? Wayne Gallman in that same game, we got Chris Thompson. I mean, especially on, on DK where you get the, you get the points for receptions. He has a four and a half reception over under for his prop tomorrow. Um, any of these guys stick out to you as players that you're being interested in, even if we're getting down to the real dregs, like the, like the Carlos Hydes or God forbid, you're going to mention Kenyon, Kenyon Drake again. (laughs) 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 Um, So for me personally, I I get that he's probably the best value play um, when it comes to just the optimal value, but I don't think I'll have any win Gallman this, this week. I think I'm going to go full, full stone fade. Um, I just think his ownership is going to be a little too high. And for the price that he's at, I mean, on Fandle, they priced him knowing that Saquon was going to be out. He's 5,800. You can go find Josh Jacobs for 200 more or, or carry on for, I think, six or 700 more. So that you can make them the money work for to, to fade Gallman at that ownership. Um, but on DraftKings, a guy that I have him at, he's fifth in value on the, at the running back position. Gallman's fourth for me, and it's Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is showing that that job is pretty much his. I mean, Peterson's getting the carries in the, in the first quarter, the second quarter, but once the game's either, you know, in the red zone, in the red zone, they, they pull him out, they put Thompson in there, and he's like one of the primary passing options in the red zone. Chris Thompson saw his season low targets last week, and that was six or five or six, and, but he saw his season high of carries in seven, which I know is not great, but he's getting all the work done in the passing game. He's had 10 targets in week two, I believe. So he's obviously a main, you know, primary factor in this passing game here. And I think they're going to have to throw it a little bit here. So I really like Chris Thompson this week. I just think he's the ideal pivot off Gallman. He's such a good value. Agreed. You guys have any others uh, here at running backs before we move on to wide receiver? I think that kind of covers it for me. Yeah, I I think that's pretty much it. I don't... I don't really want to say Kenny Drake again, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you got someone. All right, let's all right, let's let's move on to wide receiver here. Of course, Cardi's gonna put on his put on his cape and stand once again for uh Keenan Allen right at the very top, just like he has been all year. Just like we all have been all year yeah. on this show. And um, I think finally people are are gonna be buying into him, which doesn't seem fair. You know, we've been talking <laughs> this guy up for weeks. You know, he's got like two 15 target games in a row. He's coming off a 40-point game. Nobody played him. If you weren't smart enough to play Keenan Allen last week, you shouldn't be allowed to play him this week. Like, is that, is that can I make up <laughs> this one? That's fair. Yeah, yeah, man. Run it, run it by the, uh, run it, run it by the folks over at over at DK and see how. That <laughs> um, uh, so, look at the very top, uh, Kyle. You talked about earlier. You like Matt Ryan. If you're, you're obviously any Matt Ryan lineup you have, he'll, he'll he'll be paired with Julio, correct? Right, either Julio or Ridley, but the ideal proposition would be would be Julio this week. I think it's completely polar opposite of last week. I think there are a lot of running backs in the lower price range that you can pay for. And I think there are a lot of receivers over here that I really like. So the top four price guys, I have a lot of interest in Julio Hopkins, Keenan Allen and Odell. So I think they're all really good plays this week. And I think they're all really great uh, tournament plays. Keenan Allen is obviously the best cash play and the most optimal play, but. Do you, what? How about how about you, Cardi? As far as far as those top four up at the very top, you might as well throw in throw in Mike Evans. Some people could be. I don't know if people will be chasing last week's performance. We talked about that here last week. I'm I'm not sure that I'm not sure that we uh, think the matchup is quite as good uh, this week. But he will have a he, he will have a, a a significant height advantage in whatever matchup he he draws. Um, that's usually the case with Mike Evans. What do you think, Cardi? Is it just Keenan Allen or bust here in this range? 
in in cash games, it's Keenan Allen. He's you know projected by I think three points higher than every other wide receiver this week in the blitz. Like the volume should just be massive. In GPPs though, I think Hopkins and Julio are really good plays. Kyle, in tournaments, what do you do with Sammy Watkins this week if you're interested in playing that KC Detroit game? I mean, he's beginning the targets, been lining up a little bit out of the slot more uh, more than often with McCall Hardman and Demarcus Robinson on the outside. I just wonder, you know, we might get to it when we talk about tight ends, but Matt Patricia did a pretty good job last week. With, or did he play Kelsey last week? Or did he play Ertz last week? Yeah, Ertz, Ertz last, last week. Yeah. Well, a pretty good job with Ertz and some damage out of the slot from Nelson Aguilar. I don't know if that's how they'll handle this this team. But um, Watkins has been getting the targets. Uh, what do you think about him this week? It doesn't seem like I've heard as many people talk about Sammy Watkins whenever everybody knows you know, how good – how good Patrick Mahomes is and what a good situation this is going to be here in the Dome. Yeah, I think Watkins is interesting. He's definitely my favorite receiver out of out of the actual receivers, not counting I do think I would like Kelsey a little bit more. Uh, Patricia did do a really good job at shutting down Ertz. He just drew double teams to him all game, and Ertz saw that again uh, this week on Thursday night football, and he still managed to do all right. So I think there are ways to see you know both Watkins and Kelsey succeeding. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, so I, I do think Watkins is really interesting. Um, I prefer Watkins over Evans. I know you guys mentioned Evans. I'm completely off the Bucks offense in general. I'm pairing Gurley with with uh, the Rams defense and calling it a day. No, no Bucks for me. So I would I would take Watkins over uh, Evans straight up. And I think Watkins is a good play. I think he's one of the better wide receivers on the slate, especially on FanDuel. He's really well priced. He, uh, he, well, I was going to mention on FanDuel. I think he's only like what two or three hundred. $400 more or something. So it's very, very good pricing over there. Um, so the blitz likes Watkins. Um, what do you think Cardi about some of these other guys that are a little bit cheaper? It seems like there's a lot of talk about Cooper cup because people are beginning to realize that he has the best connection with Jared Goff. And then everybody that's playing Russell Wilson and their dog is going to pair him with Tyler Lockett this week. Uh, your thoughts on those guys in this general range, let's say, you know, six K and up, um, up to the elite guys, any of the guys that I mentioned or other guys that the, that the blitz has a significant interest in. Yeah. It likes them all to an extent, you know, it thinks they're all good plays. Um, I don't think they're cash plays though. I think a little bit cheaper is where you want to live in cash games. Okay. Uh, and does that include Watkins? That includes Watkins um, on DraftKings at least on FanDuel. I think Watkins is cash viable. Um, but in, in cash, I think you're going under six K with the rest of your receivers. All right, well, we'll get to that right now. But first, I just want to make sure Kyle doesn't have anybody that we haven't spoken about in this kind of six to seven K range on DK, uh, or in that same sort of you know that same sort of salary cap allocation percentage in on over on Fanduel. Yeah, I love Lockett. I, early in the week, I was kind of hoping he'd be lower owned. I made him a conviction play in, in lineup HQ, and uh, looks like he's going to get some ownership here. Kind of was probably optimistic thinking, hoping he'd be low owned. But I think he's a, a great play this week against against the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I like him, but I have, I have similar feelings, I guess, to to Wilson, where I worry right. just a little about the overall volume. But it's a great spot. Um, you know, I do like him. As we move down in pricing, I guess I'm beginning to realize what Cardi means about maybe paying down a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not realize, realizing it. But Kenny Galladay is only 5,900. Larry Fitzgerald's only 5,600. Um, and then I believe Christian Kirk. What I got to keep scrolling down. Where's Christian Kirk? He's fifty one hundred. Keep yeah, going. One hundred too cheap. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, Cardi, what is just going into that? What do you think about this sort of range before we get into the cheapies? This is the range that I like. Um, got like I, I went on my whole why Matt Stafford's a great play thing, 
and and Galladay, I think, is is fantastic for all the reasons I like Stafford. It's in the dome, the great game script, the different offense than people assume this is. He's the highest volume guy, the most talented guy. Galladay's an awesome cash play, and uh, and I think Marvin Jones too is a really good, uh, uh, like at least a viable cash play, especially on Fanduel. Any of these guys popping off to you, Kyle? As far as this range, uh, you always love Galladay, so I'm going to imagine that oh, yeah. you're still on him. Yep, love Galladay. Um... Christian Kirk's one of the the better value plays for me on the slate. Just that price on drafting specifically, and even on FanDuel, it's just they haven't caught up to that yet. And maybe it's because he hasn't found the end zone as frequently as Fitzgerald has. But, I mean, then again, Fitzgerald is priced similarly too. Um, One guy that I love this week is Marquise Brown. We know about the injuries there. Uh, Denzel Ward banged up still, and that would probably be the guy that was facing off against him. Marquise Brown, his snaps have just been going up. And, you know, in turn, the volume's just going to continue to either remain steady or even go up. Like I said, I've mentioned this. This is one of my favorite games this week. I think it's going to be a shootout. And, you know, Marquise Brown's the clear number one guy for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. The best, so. It's just the best play, especially on FanDuel. It's like, I yeah. think he, I think he's the same price on FanDuel as he is on draft. He, he's definitely, so, I think he's sub 6K on FanDuel. He's actually cheaper on FanDuel than he is on draft. He's 5,700. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> baby. Okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, if, if you guys are ready to move on to the, just anybody you like in the super cheap range, I mean, you could look down T Y Hilton still trying to, you know, I don't know if there's been, has there been definitive word on him yet? He's doubtful. It sounded like he's doubtful. Yeah. So Paris Campbell could be somewhat interesting. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders always, I guess, in play DK Metcalf, if, great pivot off of Tyler Lockett chalk. If you're interested in that, we kind of mentioned Will Fuller. And then I guess the big elephant in the room is Terry McLaurin hit this, the status of his, uh, I can't believe a hammy. Um, what are you guys doing with Terry McLaurin? What are you doing here in this cheap range? Guardy, let's go ahead and start with you. Yeah, I think McLaurin's viable. Uh, maybe not. I guess early in the week, his ownership projection was like through the roof. I guess it's gone down maybe because of the injuries, but like, because there's not a ton to spend on at the high end, I don't think you have to go with some of these cheaper, like these really cheap guys like McLaurin, like we'll, we'll talk about Will Disley in a minute at, at tight end. Um, I just don't know if they're entirely necessary, but I do think McLaurin is definitely viable. I think it's a good spot for him, um, and the price is really good. And uh, I don't even mind in GPPs pivoting off to, to Richardson or Trey Quinn, who are both you know really cheap also. It's just, I mean, it's Trey, I mean, I, I, I bet Trey Quinn's props almost every single week because I know he's always going to get five, six catches, but he just doesn't get the yardage. I'm just, I'm just wondering if he's just more of a, do you, I mean, just more of a floor play and less of a, less of a ceiling play until we see a little bit more from that guy. But certainly agree about Paul Richardson as far as, as far as tournaments. And I think Trey Quinn's pretty, I mean. I mean, Quinn is 3K. If he gets you, you know, four catches, 40 yards and happens to get into the end zone, like. Well, you'll love that. Three <laughs> K, like that's enough ceiling for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Kyle, what about you, man? Any of these cheapies that you're interested in this week, and how are you handling Terry McLaurin? Yeah, so for Terry McLaurin on on DraftKings, that price is so cheap on on DraftKings. On Fanduel, he's six three, so it's a little bit more of a discussion over there. I think if the ownership is high, I'm probably just gonna on Fanduel. I'm just gonna stay away because that Hammy is uh, worrisome. You know, hamstrings on receivers are not ideal. Injuries to pop up, especially in the middle of the week. Uh, but on DraftKings, exactly. Exactly. On DraftKings, though, if I kind of feel confident about the health situation that he's going to be playing uh, at a full at a full go, 
I think I'm, I'm going to want him on, on DraftKings where he's only 4,500. I like him a lot. Um, you mentioned DK Metcalf. I like him as a pivot, but I do have some concerns. Uh, we saw David Moore come back last week and kind of eat into his snaps a little bit. So DK Metcalf has actually scaled back uh, in his snaps in week three. So I do have some concern there, and that's kind of why I like Lockett more. I think he's just the safest um, option on, C- on Seattle. Uh, Curtis Samuel is another guy that I always like, and I like again. I think he's actually going to be Kyle Allen's number one target. Uh, Will Fuller's another guy, and then there's, I got two guys that are going to get weird. So buckle up, Alex. I know you. Uh, <laughs> I know you like these guys, but um, Ke- Keyshawn Johnson is the first one. No, no, sure. Jameer Bird, and he's already playing a ton of snaps. And then they cut Michael Crabtree. So now he's going to play maybe 100% of the snaps. I got to write Keyshawn that down. Johnson. I'm going to forget to put him in the player pool, and I'm not going to forget <laughs> anymore. And then the next one is uh, Deion Kane. I think Deion Kane is overall uh, a monster. No, no T.Y. Hilton. So I actually think he's going to step up as the number one here. I think people assume it's going to be Paris Campbell, and it very well could be. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be Deion Kane. He's been playing out of the guys that will be active and playing the most snaps. And uh, so I think Deion Kane's going to be on the field for the majority of the plays. I think he's one of those, um, obviously not an optimal play, not an ideal play, but one of those GPP flyers. I think Dontrell Inman you could throw into that group oh, too. I like oh, yeah. Keyshawn, but with Mike Williams and probably Travis Benjamin out, Inman you'd have to think is going to be their top non-Keenan wide receiver. So, you know, Definitely. he should probably be on the field all game too. Yeah, I need, I, I, I need to look at both of their pricing on, on FanDuel, but they're both extreme. I think Dontrell Inman is the – I believe he was the minimum over on DraftKings. Yeah, he's 3K. That's an excellent call, Dontrell Inman, because we do – we have Williams out, and now it's looking like Benjamin you – know, it's looking like he's you know, trending towards doubtful. So, And with Inman, you got to remember, I mean, it's not, it's not like he's going to a brand-new team. He's played for the Chargers for basically his whole entire career before yeah. he, before he was let go, and so I mean he has familiarity there with those guys. That's a good play. That's a good yeah, play. That's a good call. Um, I'm going to write that and Keyshawn Johnson both down. Very. It's the reason I do the show with show with you guys, man. It's not the big checks from Roto Grinders. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's see the uh, so let's move on then to the tight end position, and I mean, we we always kind of fly through tight end fellows. I mean this this it's not rocket science. You, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, you know, on this slate, both are going to be great plays. Evan Ingram's a monster. The matchup's incredible. Darren Waller as well. Like that offense is just running, running through him. Um, who is like, I think that the main thing and I'll, and I'll ask which kind of off the board guys you guys like, but the first thing, I mean, the elephant in the room we have to discuss is Will Disley just with the matchup versus the matchup versus Arizona, every single tight end that's gone up against these guys has absolutely murked them. Now, in the middle of the week, Nick Vinnett gets traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a fifth-round pick, and clearly a guy that has value in the actual NFL if people are giving up you know, draft assets like that for him. And so we should see Will Disley basically running all the routes, getting all the tight end work, as long as Luke Wilson doesn't come in and absolutely swindle us. Are you guys playing Will Disley? Um, are you buying into it? Is it – I've seen tweets on Twitter today, some dude saying it's just super fish play and stuff like – like, where are you on the whole Will Disley thing? It just feels like a line in the sand that some people have, like, I'm not doing it or I'm doing it. Like, do you have any strong takes? Well, let's just start with Cardi. I think he's a fishier play than, than most people are, are wanting to believe. I do think he's one of the best value plays on this slate. I'll probably have a hedge lineup with Will Disley. He probably will not be in my my main lineup, mostly because like I do think he's one of, if not the best point-per-dollar plays on this slate. But one, I don't think he's necessary because there's not a lot to pay for. 
too, because there's a ton of other awesome value at tight end. So getting locked into one guy seems stupid. And three, because there are legitimate concerns here. For one, I've talked about it all show. Like there are volume concerns for the Seattle offense in general, in terms of their passing attack. And two, position versus or defense versus position defensive data after three weeks is so insanely noisy. People are like, oh, Arizona is so terrible against tight ends. You have to play any tight end against them. It's just bad first. Second, we do have other teams that, you know, even if you're looking at this, Darren Waller's facing the Colts. That that's really good in terms of that data too. And uh, and there's been some speculation from smart people that you know, part of the reason Arizona's been so bad against tight ends is because uh, whatever his name is, DJ Swearingen has been, you know, kind of covering these tight ends. And there's speculation it's going to be Buda Baker stepping up and doing it this week. So, like, I don't know. I, I like Disley. I think he's a good value. He's certainly not a must play. He's certainly not like this lock play that everyone's making him out to be. Um, and I don't think at his price he's necessary. I think I'm going up a little bit. Who is it? Who is it? Evan Ingram popping in the blitz? It's Darren Waller again. Like I went on a whole thing about Darren Waller last week, how two weeks ago he was the chalk, had a pretty good game. Last week, for whatever reason, people were just off him. Um, and uh, and he went out and he had a monster game. And they're still uh, off him again. Like if you, look at, if you look at every wide receiver or tight end on this slate and their target share this year, the top four guys are like Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, um, Cooper Cup and DeAndre Hopkins. And the fifth guy is Darren Waller up there with the freaking receivers. He has 5% higher target share than any other tight end in football this year. Like, I just, like, he's probably not going to be a 30% target share guy the whole season, but, you know, he's getting a huge part of this offense. It's favorable game script. It's in a dome. He's facing an indie defense that, you know, people talk about all the time. They play their zone coverage and they force the targets towards the tight ends and the running back. So, like, why is Darren Waller not going to be high owned again this week yeah he's not well he'll be high owned among if 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 we were to play a three man he'd, he'd, he'd probably be pretty highly at 66.6 percent owned unless kyle has different thoughts kyle your thoughts on disley and the in the general tight end group before we move on to the blitz survey and our conviction plays and get out of here yeah well, i mean for me i think it'd be 33 percent because i don't think i'm personally getting to too much disley um i just think there's too many other options and i agree with Cardi. i think waller is one of the better plays uh, at the tight end position on the slate. And I think there are just so many other places that you can go. I think Hawkinson's a, an amazing play this yep. week and he's cheaper than Disley. So I think there are ways to pivot and save money. And then there are ways to pivot for upside. And, you know, obviously I like Kelsey. I like Ingram again. I think Mark Andrews is a good play. I've talked about this game again and again. So I think Mark Andrews is another good play. And then Darren Waller. I haven't like gone back and looked at target shares for tight ends over like previous years but 30 percent through three games has to be like one of the all-time highs it's it's insane and it's probably not going to continue but at the same time you know it's a big number and he's clearly a big part of this offense and he's clearly talented oh yeah he you just gotta keep going back to him until they catch up until that price catches up and it hasn't yet so i think you uh you gotta go back to darren waller cardi is, is probably in the mix yeah. Cardi, do, do, do you plan on being a coward and, and, and making a Will Disley cash hedge hedge lineup? Yep. I definitely <laughs> okay. <do> that. <laughs> Lots okay. of cowardice around here, man. Like I, I'm planning on doing the same thing. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's move on here to Blitz Survey. How about today, guys? Let's just go one one question each and then we'll get into the uh, and then we'll get into the uh, conviction plays. Um, any of you guys, Kyle, do you do you have a question pre- prepared? 
at this point for the yeah, Blitz? I'll go with one. Okay. So yeah, I'm just gonna ask you guys who's your favorite play. I'm not gonna make you guys get out of your comfort box here. We're gonna go tournaments only. Um, favorite GPP play that nobody's talking about that you uh, are kind of confused about why nobody's liking this guy. Um, well, I don't want to give away my conviction play, but I feel like maybe oh, that's, that's right. uh, what, about, what about if it's, um, are, are many people talking about Sterling Shepard? I haven't heard much. Yeah. If people aren't talking about Sterling Shepard, I think that they're just, I mean, it's, it's clear last week, nine, nine targets. He had the, he had the, um, he had the hundred yard game. They're just looking for ways to get him the football. If you just w- go back and look, I think they, they gave him the ball on like, jet sweeps and reverses two or three times as, as well. So, you know, in this last week before Golden Tate comes back and with no Saquon Barkley, it's going to be a lot of Evan Ingram and a lot of Sterling Shepard in the best matchup of the week via our analytics. So he's, he's, he's cheap. He's only 5,800 on DraftKings. So Sterling Shepard would be the one that I would, uh, that I would recommend that I haven't heard many people talk about. I think my guy would be Matthew Stafford. You know, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him as much as people are talking about Galladay. And I think he's an awesome play, you know, between the, the home field advantage, the dome, the game script, the offense that they're running. Um, I think Stafford is an awesome play that is going to come in too low owned. Um, I think any of the Detroit stacks, you can stack him with Galladay, with Jones, with Hawkinson and run it back with any of the Chiefs. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I like that call. All right, so I'll go ahead and go next. And, you know, we don't ever talk defenses here, really. So if you had to play one defense – in every single lineup this week, price considered, which defense is it going to be, Kyle? Oh man, I don't like uh, marrying myself to a defense, but but um, but, but for this week, DraftKings yeah. has a rule. It's the, it's it, it's it's the one defense rule. <laughs> All right, um, I, I'm going to go with the Rams. I I've mentioned it before. Uh, I know Winston does have some upside. He shows some upside here and there, but. Pairing Gurley with the Rams, I think, is a pretty good strategy for me this week. We've seen that that offensive line has a lot of struggles, and Winston turnover prone. So I'll go with the Rams. Carl? Yeah, I love the Rams. I think they're the top defense on this slate. But um, in cash games, I generally like to go a little cheaper. I think the Broncos, if I was picking one, would be my, uh, my pick. I think they're a top five defense. They're only 2.9K. You know, they're facing a Jaguars team that is starting, you know, a backup quarterback – and it's really windy, so there's, you know, extra interception opportunities. Uh, all right. And then so I guess we both – so, Cardi, your question. Is Daniel Jones good? Because in college, he didn't really look very good. You know, draft Twitter when the Giants took him at seven, thought he was terrible. And then he comes out last week, and he looks amazing, and now he's going to be chalk. So, like, is Daniel Jones good? And where are you going to be on him relative to the field? I mean, this is right into my wheelhouse because I told all these donkeys on draft Twitter, you guys are going to eat your damn words the same way you did about Josh Allen. Every single one of you dorks. Like, get out of your mom's basement. Go out and watch these players live. Go to the senior bowl. Go to the workouts. Go check them out. Talk to the coaches. You'll find out that Daniel Jones, what he has between the ears, it's it, – it, it, it's look, it was it was going to come. He's, 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 he's good. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got brains. He's he's a he's a good player. He'll he'll continue to be good. I'd like to play him this week on uh, on I believe on DraftKings, but not as much over on FanDuel where it's just a little bit more expensive. Um, but I mean, like it's, a, it's 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 a great matchup. Daniel Jones is good. He's the he's the absolute uh, future of that franchise. I have no doubt. 
Uh, for me, I, I don't want to claim to be, you know, a, a film junkie or anything like that. I, I do think he's good. I watched him a little bit in college uh, when, you know, the buzz was coming up. They might be a first round pick. Watched him a little bit. Thought he looked good. I obviously think he has all the, uh, the intangibles to be good at, from that to quarterback position. Uh, I like that he's a little bit mobile. I always think that sneaky mobility is always nice to add on. Uh, he kind of gives me like a Carson Wentz type uh, vibe, I guess. Um, so I do like, uh, I, I think he's a, I think he'll be a good quarterback and I'm playing him this week a little bit. I don't think I'll match the field might be right around the field. I think I'll probably have like 10% of them um, just because I think there's so many other options that I like. So I, I don't think it's anything against him. I think he's going to be a good player and I think it's a good matchup for him, but I think I'm just going to, try to find other spots too. Can you guys believe that some people on Twitter told me that Will Greer was going to be better than Daniel Jones? It's just, I'm just like, where do you get this stuff, guys? It's a fun place sometimes. <laughs> um, Jesus, man. Um, all right. All right. So let's, let's get on to it, fellas. Our conviction plays, our favorite plays of the week. Again, my name is Alex Dunlap. You can find me on Twitter, uh, at the at my account at Roster Watch, you can hear me on Roster Watch Saturdays, seven to nine p.m. Eastern. Sundays, ten a.m. to eleven a.m. Eastern. Kyle, uh, you can find him on Twitter at KMerDFS. Find all of his conviction plays here on Roto Grinders and Lineup HQ, and of course, Derek Cardi, the curator of the system after which the show is named the Blitz. You can find him on Twitter at Derek Cardi. You can find the Blitz just very easily. On the Roto Grinders homepage, I would really recommend you guys going and checking it out if you want to step up and and an edge in your cash games and in your tournaments. Just go to the NFL tab, scroll down to the Blitz. It'll give you all the information about how to get access right there. All right, fellas, we'll go Cardi, Kyle, and then me and get out of here. Cardi, your conviction play of the week, the play that you love the most. Last week, I think I said Keenan Allen and Darren Waller, and Keenan Allen worked out great. So did Waller. People are on Keenan Allen now but they're still not on Darren Waller enough. So I think Darren Waller's got to be my conviction play. And I think Leonard Fournette, as gross as it is, I think he's going to come in way too low on at his volume. Love it. I'll, I'll be yeah. playing both those guys. Kyle, what about you, brother? Yeah, I think those are two really good calls. So on FanDuel, I'm going to have two site-dependent conviction calls. On FanDuel, it's Todd Gurley. That price is just so unreasonable in my opinion. I think uh, people are down on it. The stock's down on him, so we should buy low, and hopefully uh, he comes through for us in a game where, you know, all signs are pointing to a solid production from him this week. Um, but on DraftKings, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, nobody's on Dalvin Cook this week. He's my guy, um, and I think he's a good pivot off the uh, McCaffrey chalk, and yeah, I think Cook's just going to smash in a bad matchup. Two very contrarian plays. We could see Kyle going extra big this week. Mine's super easy to me, especially over on FanDuel. It's Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, going up against the depleted Cleveland, Cleveland Brown secondary. Man, this guy's got Tyreek Hill speed, and imagine Tyreek Hill getting 10-plus targets per week. That is what we're going to see uh, out of Hollywood Brown. So get him in at least a few lineups. So for Cardi, for, for Kyle, I am Alex. This has been the Blitz Week 4. We're getting the hell out of here.